Enchanté. Hey world, you're listening to Globethotter, the pod that puts the lover in travel lover. I'm your host, Cassie Martinez, and each week I trade tales with a slew of amazing adventurers who, like me, kiss and tell. Today on the pod, we've got Tiger Del Flor, an indie music darling who first came across my radar on TikTok, thanks to her viral videos sharing some of her whirlwind travel romances. You know those kind of TikToks that make you start looking at flights to Europe ASAP? Yeah, Tiger makes those kind of TikToks. With a knack for crafting super catchy songs inspired by her flings abroad, Tiger Del Flor's dreamy discography with songs titled Lisbon, New York, Venice Beach, and even Juneau, Alaska deserves its very own passport and a spot on any Globethotters playlist. Before jumping into the episode, I wanted to give you guys a quick update on Globethotters group trips to Portugal going down this summer. I've got just a few spots left on our last trip of the season, going down July 29th through August 4th, and this trip has got your name all over it. This will be Globethotters' final trip of the summer season, and best believe we're gonna live it up like there's no tomorrow. I'm gonna be taking you to where it all started for me, Lisbon, my first ever solo travel city. From there, we'll be making our way down to Lagos, Portugal, where if you've listened to the episode Coming of Age in a Party Hostel, you know I spent a wild summer volunteering there at one of Europe's wildest party hostels. Sound up your alley? Check out the trip itinerary chock full of nights competing to be the best night ever in this episode's description and make moves to reserve your spot today. So without any further ado, let's get into it, shall we? Hey guys, I'm back today with another episode and special guest, Tiger Del Flor. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Excited to be here. Where are you joining us from today? I'm currently in Los Angeles. Nice. And you're fresh off a trip. You want to tell us about it? Yeah, I was just performing at South by Southwest. So I was down in Austin. Nice. That's my base right there, Texas. Yeehaw. <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. I tried all kinds of new foods. I got introduced to the Texas two-step pie. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a thing. Have you heard of that? The Texas two-step? I've never, but it sounds like something I need in my life ASAP. <laughs> it was good. I kept finding all kinds of foods without flavor, but yeah, that was my, that was my trip. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'm really glad you're with us today. So for those listening, how would you describe your music? A reporter once described it as a blurry Polaroid of the best night of your life. And I was like, you know, that's perfect. I guess that's not really like a musical term, but I feel like with my music, more so I try and capture a feeling. And that's kind of the feeling mm. I want to capture with all of my music. I'd say my music spans different genres. Like overall, it's indie pop. But for me, it's always been more about capturing a feeling and making people, transporting people to this kind of nostalgic vibe through whatever song I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Nostalgia is the word for sure. So in an article with Audio Femme, you said your songs center on that nostalgic, there it is again, bittersweet feeling of love, that element where you know it's not going to last, but it's so beautiful in that moment. And as someone who regularly falls for people who live thousands of miles away, I've never felt more seen. I'd love to hear, when did you start songwriting? When did you start performing? Yeah, I started when I was really young. So I actually started performing and singing when I was like in elementary school. My mom is from a small farming town called Walla Walla, Washington. And they would have a, they called it the Little Buckaroo pageant every year. So I'd go perform there. Mm. But I think formally, I really started songwriting 
when I was in middle school and I formed an all girl grunge band with my little sister and cousin. And we were performing around Seattle for like 10 years. And then when the pandemic hit, that's when I started dropping my solo music. So Lisbon was my debut single that came out. And I guess that was about two years ago. Gotcha. Cool. What I love about your music and your TikTok is I can tell that you let yourself fall hard. I can see that you really let yourself go for it. What advice would you have for someone who wants to let go, have their Mamma Mia moment, just like you, if you will? Yeah, I've always go back and forth on whether it's good or not, if you're someone who just like lets yourself fall for people. And it's true, like naturally, I think my disposition is I've always just been kind of fearless when it comes to that. Like, I don't really think about the long term consequences. And now when I meet people, I, they keep bringing up this concept of a checklist. Like everybody I meet is always like, oh, I have this checklist. I'm going to see if you check my boxes. And then if you check all these boxes, I'm gonna fall for you, which is smart. That's a smart idea. I never thought like that. I was like, I don't have a checklist. I have like a vibe. And like, if I were like you, I'm just gonna go for it. Yeah. But it was funny the other day, I was actually telling someone the story of Lisbon, the song Lisbon. And after I finished the story, he was like, it sounds like you have like regrets about where you are kind of judging yourself for how you just kind of leapt into things and you didn't really think them out. Mm. And he was like, but you shouldn't apologize for that. He was like, you should apologize for maybe things that you regret in the way you did things, but you should never apologize for falling in love. Falling in love is one of the most beautiful things in the whole world. You should never apologize for that or regret that. And I was like, that's really beautiful. And I was like, I guess if you have that mentality around things, it'll make it a lot easier to just kind of let go, have your mom and me a moment. Yes, yes. I personally love that. And you touch on something that is so present after, you know, say a travel relationship doesn't end exactly the way you want to. That element of shame that comes in of like, wow, man, I feel foolish or I shouldn't have fallen so hard. And it's like, you'll never regret falling in love, you know? And sometimes it takes that third party objective person to be like, hey, hey, it's all good. Like you can drop the shame bit. Yeah. And it's funny because like most people, when you tell them these stories, like even when I post on TikTok, sometimes people be like, why would you ever have flown out to meet this guy? Or like, what were you thinking? Like everyone judges you. So to have someone respond that way, like it really caught me off guard. But that's such a more beautiful way of thinking about it. Yeah, no, I literally have pinned on my bulletin board a Valentine that I got from a former guest on the pod. His name's Court Vox. And the card says, let your heart break. You won't regret it. Because when we had our interview, my heart was in a million pieces after a travel relationship kind of came to a close, you know, and all those familiar feelings of what you're describing, the anxieties, the looking back and the rose colored glasses mixed in with the anxieties of it all. Like it was all happening at once. And he was just like, girl, you're not going to go wrong with going for it. You really aren't. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, sometimes you get a song out of it, too. Like you do. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Added benefit. Amazing. So what is your travel style? Where are you meeting all these cuties from your TikToks? (laughs) Well, I've met some of them on dating apps. I've met some of them in real life. Usually what happens is I'll find them like on a dating app and I'll usually invite them. I always start with like some kind of big gathering. So like I'll invite them to like hang out with me and my friends or Mm. yeah, they've all been different. But sometimes I met them in real life too, like. The guy who I wrote Lisbon about, I met him in a dance club. But I think whenever I travel, I just, I feel like it's almost like a mindset. Like, I feel like I almost manifest it. Like, I always tell myself I'm going to meet 
someone incredible on this trip. And I'm like, as soon as I hit the ground, I'm like, okay, I'm like looking for them because I'm like every single trip I take, I always meet somebody incredible. So I feel like it's almost like a mindset you have about it. Oof. Yeah. I deeply resonate with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I was, um, you know, thinking about this, I was in this self-development course and we started off with what's your magic? What, what is it that you are just one known for? It's just your sixth sense or you, like you said, manifest naturally. And she's like, it could be like the simplest thing. Like I manifest a great parking spot every time I go out and drive. Or I always manifest finding something really cool at the vintage shop, you know? And I think for folks like us, we manifest this travel love. And it's not a question. It's just an energy of like, I'm open right now. You know, you'll find like attracts like right? In those moments, like two energies out in the middle of the world. Yeah. I've had a tough times dating when I'm actually in cities. Like I'm like when I lived in New York for like four years, I didn't really meet anyone. (laughs) But whenever I travel, I meet people. And I was like, I feel like it's almost like a mindset because you're both kind of in your best element. Like you're out there to have fun and you're like having a good time, enjoying your life. And that energy also like can bring together like magical moments because you're not so fixated on like this has to last. And it creates something pretty. Right. Without that tension of like kind of traditional dating, which is like, okay, there is a way that this typically goes. Let's follow the ladders, the shoots and ladders of this dating game. Whereas with travel, you don't even get to that question, right? Like it's not what are we? It's like, how much time do we have left? Let's just enjoy this moment and be really present. And that, funny enough, ironically, is what we need in our daily life. But it only kind of comes to us as naturally when we're like hundreds, if not thousands of miles away from home. Yeah, I agree. It's like people stop thinking about all the games. They're like, okay, I got to wait like a week to text, to like to ask him out on another date. And so people just let themselves kind of fall. Right, exactly. I had one of those thought of the day TikToks I just published the other day that was like, does dating at home have to be so boring? You know, <laughs> like why, why doesn't my Bumble match want to hang out one every day? <laughs> who knows how much time we have left? And I'm like, well, we can just substitute how much time we have left on this trip with on this planet. Who fucking knows? Take me out. Let's go get ice cream. That's so funny. <laughs> And then secondly, like, let's go be adventurers together. But, well, I know this city, like the back of my hand. You know, like the reasons, the excuses come in. Yeah. Why you can't have that energy. But we got to throw those out the window if we want to have any sort of dating life back at home, y'all. I agree. (laughs) On the subject of dating apps, as you mentioned, do you have a fave? Uh, My favorite one for a long time was Tinder and then I got banned from Tinder. So I think my favorite one, Oops. I think my new favorite one is Bumble. But it's funny, I don't even use them when I'm like living my daily life. Like I've switched to only using them when I travel. And it's funny, I kind of changed my mindset. Like I really didn't even, I've been so focused on my music stuff. I really didn't want, not that I didn't want to meet anybody, but I was like, I'm fine not meeting anyone. Cause I was like, I'm going to focus. And, but when I go travel, I want to meet new people, even if it's just like for friends. So yeah, I always redownload them. I'm right there with you. Like the dating apps when I'm back at home, they're not touched for the most part, but like you said, you never know when even a match just turns into like a tour around the city. And that's just a platonic hang. Yeah. We hope and we strive for these mama mia moments, but like, these are the moments as well between that, you know? That's true. I've met so many, I mean, I've lived a lot of places and I always had my apps in every city that I went to, but I would, so many of the people I met, 
were people who ended up becoming really good friends of mine. And I think my craziest story maybe from like just like a platonic friendship is I went on a date with a guy in New York City who was visiting from London and he was a producer. I'm an artist. I ended up flying out to London and living with him for like half a month. We made a bunch of music together. We had the time of our lives, like just as platonic friends. And all these years later, we're still really good friends. Mm. So I always tell people, because I hear people saying like, oh, I'll go on a date with someone. I won't like him. And I'll be like, oh, I'm not attracted to you. I'm going to leave. Like when, within the first five minutes, I hear guys say this all the time. Mm. And I'm like, you can't go into every, like even on a dating app date, just being like, I want this to be a date. Like if you open yourself up to just getting to know the person who showed up, for the most part, like everyone has something special about them and you might develop a friendship or like even a business opportunity who knows (laughs) right that is the attitude and I was just talking with a friend about this and he was talking about like even on dates that don't necessarily end in that romantic fashion or what you expected he's like I pulled this person into my vortex somehow energetically we were meant to meet So I always stay just open to what presents itself and exactly like you said like you never know friends business partners anything like just be open and that's that's travel for you too. be open to what presents itself you never know what can happen yeah that's kind of the mindset i've been having more lately just thinking about things like if this lesson presented itself or this person or this opportunity there's something here and i just need to figure out what it is and it's not always that you're gonna fall in love but there's something something there to investigate Oof. Yeah, exactly. Dig deep. Find it. Yeah. (laughs) So, Tiger, you've got a track called Like We're in an Indie Movie. Can you tell me about the travel romance that inspired this song? Yeah, this is like my favorite story because it actually has a happy ending, which never happens. (laughs) (laughs) So I had moved down to Medellin, Colombia, and it was summertime. And this was during the one of the World Cups. I'm not like a big soccer person. I don't remember what it was, but it was the year that France won. And I was at a party for to like watch the game. And there was this French guy there with all of his friends. And we started talking. I don't even honestly remember what happened after that. But all I remember is I think we just started hanging out like every single day. Mm. And we just had like the time of our lives down there in Medellin, Colombia. And all of his friends were also from France. And I was there with a bunch of expats who had gone down there too. So we used to hang out all the time. And it was great. And then I went back to New York. He went back to Paris. And then I remember I went and surprised him. I flew over to Paris. And yeah, we had a great time in Paris. We did like all the things that you would imagine like in your head when you're like, oh, if I did like a romantic trip to Paris, I would go do these things. We rented like line bikes and like rode along the river. We went to all the art museums together. We had a picnic in the garden, kissed on a balcony with the Eiffel Tower in the background. Like it was like literally like one of those like indie movies. And when I was doing the collaboration, MKSTN had sent me over a bunch of beats And one of them was titled Paris in the Rain. So when I saw that title, I immediately thought of that trip. And then I heard the recording and he had gone to Paris and gotten like street recordings of just the streets of Paris. And the track sounded so nostalgic. So I started writing the lyrics to it. And the funny thing was we both collaborated on the lyrics. And then after the song had come out months later, I posted a video about what the lyrics meant to me. And he was like, that kind of reminded me of like a trip I took also that I never told you about. So it's funny because we both kind of wrote the song about something really similar. We didn't even know. Wow. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty special. 
And what ended up happening with that was I sent him the track. I really hyped it up because it didn't come out for months. So I told him like for like seven months, I wrote the song about you. Like you can hear it when it's out. And when it came out, he told me he loved the track and he told me you'll always have a special place in my heart. We both obviously like met other people and kind of moved on, but Mm. we've been able to keep in touch. And it was never like a sad kind of ending to it, which I thought was really sweet. Like he's always been so sweet. And I found this letter I wrote him that I thought was the cutest thing ever. So I'll read a little excerpt from it that I thought was adorable. This is the letter I left on his bedside when I left Paris. And it said, you are truly perfect and I can't help but have my heart break a little bit every time I leave you. There's a quote from that film, Crazy Stupid Love, that stuck with me last night when we were watching it. It's when Cal says, I don't know if it's gonna work out. I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm sorry I can't give you that, but I can promise you this. I will never stop trying because when you find the one, you never stop trying. And he all, he kept all my letters. He still has them, which I think is so adorable. I think we both are like, I don't know, like who knows if this will ever work out because you live over there and you have your life over there. I have my life over here and we've become such different people, but mm. I know we'll always have like a special place in each other's heart, which I think is pretty sweet. Oh, we love some romantics. Both of you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's the best part. When you're both romantic, it's not just like one-sided. Oof. <laughs> Yes, when you both love to get fuzzy and cute together, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, that's the best. (laughs) Yeah, there were so many elements to this story, by the way, like a surprise visit to Paris. What did booking that flight like feel like? Oh, my God. I was just so excited to see him. I knew it was going to go over fine because I knew that he was a sweet guy and it would be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly, I think it was odd that I was so unnervous about it. I really was not nervous about it at all. In my head, I was just like, this is going to be the time of my life. And it was. (laughs) Yeah. Pure adrenaline. Yeah, just pure (laughs) adrenaline, zero logic. (laughs) Ugh, amazing. Well, honestly, on that tip, I would love to hear any advice you have for rekindling a travel romance when you haven't seen each other for a hot minute, when that kind of growing apart has happened how can we bring it back together I feel like if it's there it'll still be there Mm -hmm. I think it's really kind of a mindset thing at least I've discovered because I've had multiple people who I've met abroad and maybe years past months past and then you see them again and for me it's always been either it's like an immediate connection you just fall right back into it or Mm -hmm. it's immediately like a no-go in which case you probably aren't even meeting up I feel like people have two mindsets. Like there's these hopeless romantics out there, like me and that guy from Paris. So when we met up, it was just like right back to like where we were at. And then there's people who are just super logical, practical. And I've had people like that where I've hit them up years later and like sent them like a photo or whatever that I found. And they're just like, just super cold. And they're just like, Mm. this like makes me uncomfortable. It's been years. Like why are you like texting me? Like, so I feel like it's just a mindset. And if you're both hopeless romantics, it'll, that spark will still be there. Oh my gosh, you're 100% right. 100% right. Like when you bring up the word hopeless romantics, I'm literally back there in Italy dreaming about like this cutie that I met in Rome. And then literally a year later, we met on this Italian island called Sardinia. And I was so tense. Like, you know, you were running on adrenaline. I was running on like, holy shit (laughs) energy. (laughs) But I remember I was already like knee deep in like a solo adventure and Halfway through it, I was like, I want to hit this dude up. Like, I'm in Europe or have such close proximity. So all it took was a WhatsApp to be like, I've got a couple of weeks left. I'd love to see you. 
And that energy was reciprocated because, again, we were both like puppies in love at this point still, you know. And so I ended up taking a flight over to Sardinia, their tiny little airport on this remote island, going to stay with him for a week. And it's like you said, that attraction was still very much there. But I am half hopeless romantic, half way too pragmatic and questionably pessimistic at times. And so like, I felt like I was putting so much pressure on like, well, we jive so well, we're, we're getting along so well, like, where are we going to go after this? Instead of staying present, instead of staying on that beautiful little island, looking into his eyes and just being there. Yeah. So like towards the end, my mind wasn't even in that present moment. Like I was just like, oh my God, I leave in two days. And when am I going to see him again? Like, don't do what I did, (laughs) y'all. It's true. I was listening to this other podcast the other day and it was titled, why do we always think something bad is going to happen? And I mean, it makes sense. I think we always think something bad is going to happen because people have been hurt in the past. But they were saying like that robs you of all the magic when you're constantly thinking what bad is going to happen. Like I have this in my song lyrics. Like I always have this line, like when you're lying on someone's chest and you're thinking like, this is so nice. When is this going to end? And this happens to me every time. Every time I'm lying on someone's chest and it's going really well, the first thought that comes into my head is, this is so nice. I'm gonna like take this in so I can like remember this when it's over. And then it occurred to me, I was like, I must be manifesting terrible energy because I'm just constantly waiting for things to go badly. Mm. And it's like, even with the guy who I met at South by Southwest, I remember we were trying to meet up like the day before he left. And I was like, we have to meet up tonight because we're never going to see each other again. And he was like, what makes you think that? That's absurd. He was like, of course, we're going to see each other again. And I was like, why would we see each other again? And he was like, because I really like you. Why would we not see each other again? And I was like, if you adopt that mindset, like that's such a better mindset to have, but it's hard. Yeah, it's that who hurt you energy for real. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what he was saying. He was like, you have to realize not everyone is the same. Like you can't carry your baggage from your past and apply it to the future people. Mm -hmm. And I that really stuck with me because I realized I was acting in a way as if he was already somebody I knew, like he had done all the things to me that someone in the past had done. And he was like, I'm not that person. He's like, we're completely different people. You can't act as if I'm him because I'm not. Not everyone's the same. Yeah, I am team South by Southwest guy, like so hard. I love the (laughs) secure attachment style that he is radiating, just FYI. (laughs) That's what I was thinking too. I was like, it was so funny because I'm just used to finding red flags. Like I'm just like constantly looking for red flags. I'm like, as soon as there's one red flag, I'm like, red flag, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. And I was describing him to my friends and they were like, this guy is not red flags. (laughs) They're like, you are so used to red flags. You're seeing red flags and all these things that are actually green flags. Yeah, especially when you're stateside, like a red flag is like, um, I really enjoy my own company at my house. So it's going to be a no for me, dog. Like walk away. (laughs) So funny. Yeah, it's so funny. Like red flag stateside, they're yellow ish slash still potentially green abroad. You're like, I could live with that. Yeah, this is what three days. (laughs) True. Exactly. When you're in the States, it's like anything's red flag. (laughs) Nothing but green lights, baby. (laughs) So. In your track, Lisbon, you were able to give yourself some closure on a travel relationship that spanned multiple countries and the course of five years. Down to tell us the story behind that track? Yeah, that one hits hard. And it was funny. I always told myself, this guy's the most important like guy I ever had in my life. So I need to have a good song about him. And it was funny because that song ended up being like my hit single. And like, that was kind of the song that kind of like launched my entire music career. It just hit a million streams on Spotify. 
Congrats. Thank you. And I guess so the story there was I went to Barcelona to study abroad when I was in high school. And I was at a dance club one night and my friend was talking to this guy. And I remember thinking when I saw him, this man, this guy looks like Spanish version of Adam Levine. Like he really looks like Adam Levine. And I was so (laughs) cute, but I was really shy. So I didn't go talk to him. And my friend goes up to talk to him and they start dancing. And then they realize she doesn't speak any Spanish and he only speaks Spanish. So she calls Mm. me over to translate because I spoke decent Spanish and me and him just ended up talking the entire night and we just like immediately started hanging out all the time. We totally fell for each other and it was a friendship. We weren't dating. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it was. We, <laughs> I was like in love with him and like we were kind of dating, but it was still friendship because it became long distance. But mm. I learned Spanish for him. He learned English for me. Wow. I remember when he was applying to his master's programs, I helped like edit his papers like for grammatical errors. And I was so proud of him because he passed all his English exams so he could go get his master's degree in like an English speaking country. What? And he really learned English from scratch. And I, my Spanish is so good now. Like, so it was such a good relationship in so many ways Mm. and we would FaceTime like every day for like five years and I finally flew out to Lisbon to meet him and then we had this amazing weekend and at the end of it I basically told him I'm in love with you and he was like I'm not in love with you (laughs) he was like I just kind of see you as like a friend who's like really pretty who I like but like not romantically and yeah it just totally broke my heart and I just like left that night and like booked a flight back to the United States actually that's not true I I think I went to Barcelona (laughs) I went to Barcelona to go visit my friends and unwind. But when I came back to the States, I wrote Lisbon. And the funny thing is we're still like on good terms, you'd say. We stopped talking. I told him I couldn't talk to him anymore because he's super in love with somebody else now. And it just like hurt me to see that. Yeah. He met this girl at his master's program. And I was like, dang, I should have taught you English. Now you met some other American girl. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah. That is painful. It is really painful. But I sent him Lisbon and when it hit a million streams and I was like, he knew me way before my music, my solo music career started. So he was always really supportive of my solo music career. And he's always like really proud of me. And so he was like, you know, this is amazing. Like, it's so awesome to see how much you've grown through your music. And I mean, I still have nothing but love for him, but it was definitely like a hard lesson to learn because I, Mm. I just love everything about him. And I was like, how am I going to meet somebody else who like is as good as you? Right, man, the ups and downs of that one. Yeah, dragged on way too long. (laughs) Oh my God. I can just imagine though, I mean like, what romantic out here is not going to catch feels after like nightly WhatsApp messages and Google Translate and all that jazz? Like, I'm right there with you. I'm in love with him, too. What the hell? <laughs> it really, really caught me off guard. I was honestly shocked. But then it was funny because when I met the guy who I met at South by Southwest, I realized he had so many things that reminded me of the guy from Lisbon. Like weird similarities, like they spoke all the same foreign languages. They laughed the same, like they were in the same things. They look almost identical when he was younger. And it was so weird. And they wanted the same things, like all the things I thought were so cool about the guy I wrote Lisbon about. I realized, and I'm not saying this guy's the one, but I'm like, there's other people like that. That's what it made me realize. And it was kind of great because I always was like, why did I meet that guy? And then I was like, because everything, I still like everything about him. It wasn't that I like discovered something mm. bad about him, but he showed me all these things that I want in someone. And our friendship was so good. Like, I know, like, there's so many things that I really loved about him. Like, 
how much he loved to travel and how he was kind of dorky, like all these things. And then I, when I saw that in the other guy, I was like, that's everything that I want. Like, I already know I want that in somebody. So it was nice. Totally. Do you feel like when you met South by Southwest cutie, were you simultaneously like nostalgic yet like triggered? Because you were saying that you were feeling a little bit of like, I don't know if I can trust you energy. Was that Lisbon dude coming through? I think so. (laughs) Yeah. I immediately after I met South by Southwest guy, I immediately was like, it's over. I was like, I never want like, we can't see each other again. Like I actually blocked him Mm -hmm. because I was like, I can't. I was like, I was like, this is too much. I was like, I literally Mm -hmm. I told him I was like, you remind me so much of that guy and like you're so many things that I've been looking for and I told him it makes me hopeful because now I know that that's out there like there's other people like that guy out there in the world that I can meet and he responded and he said why are you trying to meet them when I'm right here (laughs) I was like that is funny (laughs) so I think definitely like people have their old trust issues but there's other people out there yeah you know and it's one thing to like be told this by like a therapist, a friend, like literally going through similar shit right now where I just had to end things with a cutie in Mexico. And you know, you have your sad therapy sessions, you have your chats with your girlfriend. They're like, but what about if we hold it in this way? Because it's not about the issue, it's how you relate to the issue, you know? But like, what if we look at this of, look, it exists, this kind of person, and there's billions of us on this planet, you can find it again. That's one thing to hear, but then to experience... Like when I went to Sayulita, Mexico the last two weeks and I met other people that fit this box, I was like, that's real. Like there are other people out there for me. What the hell? I was in that scarcity mindset. That's it. Yeah, it's really that scarcity mindset. Like when you start meeting other people that you like again, you're like, there are so many people. And that's why I think if you have that mindset, it makes you less clingy because you realize like, even if this doesn't work out, like even this guy breaks my heart, there's going to be other people out there and everything happens for a reason. So if it doesn't work out with one person, like there's somebody else out there and there's some reason you met that other person. It might be just that they're showing you what you want in somebody else. And they're also showing you what you don't want in somebody else too. It's nice. Oof, so true. I was coming across this theory that there's really no such thing as failure, right? And when we really hold that close to our hearts and we understand that it's just different attempts and in each attempt, you're getting different bits of data. Oh, okay. I liked when I did things this way or I liked when my partner came forth with these qualities. Like, okay, well, we're just on a journey now rather than that was a fail. Oh my God, what does that say about me? I'll never find somebody. All that kind of different, exactly like you're saying, mindset again and again, energy. It's just flip the switch. Yeah. So the video for Lisbon features a lot of footage that you shot on a handheld camera when you were together with your boo in Portugal. Tell us a bit about the vision for the video and the process of putting it all together. Yeah, that one is, that's a sad story. So I shot all the footage because I wanted to have it for us for like the future. And we can look back on like our first trip together, like traveling all around Portugal. And then when I got back, obviously that dream was shattered because my heart was just broken. And I had this song and I needed a music video for it. And I was like, what if I, this kind of savage of me, but I was like, what if I just like use all of our footage for the music video? And I mean, he said it was okay. So I sent it actually to my Mm -hmm. little brother And my little brother and me made it just like on iMovie or whatever. So it was like super low key. How cool. I thought it was kind of a cool twist because I was like, you can listen to the song and watch the music video and see like what the song is literally about. Like when I'm singing the lyrics, singing out loud, driving down the coastline, you can see like us like in the car singing out loud, driving down the coastline. So yeah, it's a very personal music video. 
Damn. Yeah. And I was reading in an article that you ended up switching out the dude, right? We got a different dude in there, different love interest. <laughs> yeah. I ended up subbing out his face for my host brother in Barcelona. So yeah, it's a different dude, but it's funny. We basically just subbed out all the clips where you see his face for a different dude, but the actual footage is our trip. I love too this like overarching theme of just capturing the moment, you know, whether it's like you said, like that handheld camera for the video Lisbon or, you know, your viral TikToks where you have all those different photos off your disposable cam, like you capture the moment. What are you packing with you with a trip like to do all this? I always just bring stuff to grab content. So like disposable cameras, I always have my iPhone. You can always take footage on that. I always pack very impractically. So I always pack really cute outfits so I can have cute photos <laughs> from my trip. Hell yeah. But yeah, I just, I bring a bunch of cameras. I think that's really the trick. Just a ton of cameras, lots of film and batteries. Mm, yes. And then you're not afraid to pop out the camera. Oh yeah. You know, in those intimate moments. Yeah, that's true. I'm always taking photos of things. I have a bunch of Polaroids on my wall up here. I think there's just something so timeless too about like analog photography. It's there's something really special when you have like a film photo. Mm, yeah. So Tiger, despite it all, are you still a sucker for travel love? Yes, I am because I'm going to go fly, fly to Dallas, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> go meet up with South by Southwest cutie and see what happens. <laughs> yes. I told myself I was over. I was told myself I was over dating. I told myself I was over all of these travel, like travel romance. But honestly, his quote, you should never apologize for falling in love. I realized honestly a lot in that just like spending a little bit of time with someone who isn't toxic. Cause a lot of people are kind of toxic. Mm. A lot of people, the way they view relationships is toxic. There's a lot of people out there who are going to hurt you. And, but I think when you meet someone who's really secure and they kind of illuminate these things for you. And like my big takeaways from that were like one, yeah, you shouldn't don't apply your past to your future. Like mm. just because you've been hurt in the past, you can't let that energy come with you to the future. Cause you're going to manifest that again and again. And also I realized you have to be the person that you want to attract because I had developed all of these habits from being hurt in my past. And I remember I called him out on something like you're communicating to me like this. And he was like, but you're doing the same thing to me. I'm just kind of mirroring how you communicate. So I realized if you want to really attract a relationship that's really healthy, be really healthy. And then you will repel the people who aren't healthy because they'll be scared off by you. But you're going to attract people who are healthy and have like a healthy mindset. And then I think also, I actually found this on TikTok and I was like, I know why this showed up on my For You page because this is so true. It was a quote and it said, it's taken me years to figure this out, but the way that we view friendships and relationships is broken because when we meet someone that makes us feel something really strongly, our initial reactions, we wanna hold on to it as long as possible. When really we shouldn't be thinking, how can I hold on to this as long as possible? We should be thinking, how can I be present in this feeling for as long as it lasts? And they're saying life isn't made up of long-term commitments. It's really made up of moments. And when you try and drag out something that's really meant to be a moment into something long-term, eventually the magic is gone. You should just be present in that feeling. And what's supposed to last is going to last. And what's not supposed to last is not going to last. I think a lot of life is magic. A lot of moments are magic. But it's when we try and force them to be something that they weren't supposed to be that the magic's lost. Like I could look back at like the stories or the relationships behind a lot of my songs and feel a lot of regret, like with the Lisbon story 
Or I can look back at it for what it was, which wasn't something that was going to last forever, but it was a bunch of magical moments and be super grateful for that. And it's magical. Or I can, so it's really in your mindset about how you view things. And after I realized that, it made me feel even more fearless. Cause I was like, you know, if you can kind of have that mindset, the world is just like a much more magical place and falling in love is so much more magical. Yes. The downloads on fucking fire just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. TikTok's always giving me these great ideas. It's so funny. It just, the algorithm knows exactly what to say to you in like every moment. Oof. It really knows when you're going through one, your crisis, your best times. Are you on the ledge right now? Like TikTok knows and will be serving you what you need to see. It's true. Yeah. So does my Google Chrome page. It was funny. Like as soon as I got back from South by Southwest, my Google Chrome page sent me a quote and it was like, have the courage to trust and love one more time and always one more time. Wow. And I was like, what in the world? Because usually it sends me like anti-procrastination quotes. So it's like, the best thing to do today is take action on your to-do list. But then it sent me this like very romantic quote. And I was like, man, Google Chrome knows me too. All my devices are listening to me. <laughs> yes. Love is in the air. Spring has sprung. Let's all fall and travel love. Let's just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, what is up next for you and your music? So I'm going to be dropping my debut EP. I haven't told anybody this yet, and I don't even have the date for it yet, but I'm really excited for it. It's going to be a lot edgier than my past music, so I'm interested to see how people react. But yeah, I just have a bunch of new music that I've been working on and kind of piling up because I want when it starts coming out, I want it to be like a boom, kapow <laughs> moment. So yes. I'm really excited for it. And I'm also actually working on a poetry book called Like We're an Indie Movie, inspired by kind of all my travel romance things and mm. all the poems that I've written since I started out as a poet and then I kind of got into music stuff. So I'm excited for that. That is amazing. We're going to have to keep a lookout for that. And on that note, how can people keep up with you? Instagram and TikTok. I mean, I have some other social media, but those are the best platforms. And if they look up Tiger Del Floor, they'll find me. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for coming on, for spilling your heart, for remaining vulnerable and just being your romantic self. It was a pleasure chatting with you and we'll be back next time. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure talking with you. Enchanté. To keep up with Tiger Del Flor and any releases she's got coming up, follow her on Instagram and TikTok at the links in this episode's description. Want to link up with like-minded globe thotties all over the world? Find your squad by joining Globe Thotters Facebook group. Our Facebook group is a private space to ask all your travel cues, swap stories, and meet up with other adventurers on your wavelength. The Facebook group is also the first to hear about any trips I've got coming up and how you can join me. So, to join the squad, all you gotta do is search Globethotter Travel Gang on Facebook. The link is also in this episode's description. Let's wrap things up with a scandalous voicemail straight off the Globethotter hotline. Today's voicemail takes place in a 30-bed dorm in good old London town. A true YOLO moment gone awry, this hilarious tale is the type of story that happens to the best of us. May we live and learn and then flee the country.
So the first time I went traveling, I was with my brother and his friends in London and we'd just gotten back from seeing a musical and there was a bar downstairs at our hostel that we were staying at and there were people drinking. So we started drinking and made friends with people and then my brother and his friends were like, oh, we're going to go to bed because we had to be up at four in the morning to catch a bus at like five. And I was like, I'm going to stay and drink. You know, it's like nearing the end of my trip. Anyway, I met this guy and he was super intense and I was like, I'm going to go with it. Why not? So anyway, we ended up going back to his room and he was staying in a room with like 30 to 40 other people. The bunk beds were like three beds high, but whatever. We didn't end up having sex, but like we were doing things that we should probably not have been doing in a room full of like 40 people. Um, But I fell asleep there and I woke up at four o'clock in the morning to my brother grabbing my foot, yelling at me, telling me that we need to leave. And I tried to get down from the bunk bed and fell because I thought it was only two, fell into some lockers, probably woke everyone up and Nelly made us all miss our flight to Madrid because we Nelly missed our bus. So yeah, um, wasn't worth it. I don't really know why I even did it, just was feeling the moment. <laughs> Inspired to share your own epic travel story on the Globetrotter hotline? All you gotta do is go to speakpipe.com slash globethotter or click the link in this episode's description to leave an up to 90 second voicemail detailing your travel tale. A quickie, if you will. Wanna stay anonymous? No name is required to leave a voicemail. Till next time, I'm Cassie Martinez.